Hello, I'm Boz. And I'm Ben. And this week we'll be talking about a sad Scotsman. Inaccurate abbreviations. Expensive pedal power. And a pious pitcher. Welcome to Backseat Coaches. Hello, it's us, your friendly neighbourhood podcasters. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Us for injects a little bit of life into the podcast. We normally start so boringly. I don't know why I let you do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, stop, stop and start again. Or no. <laughs> first thing we're going to talk about this week is Novak Djokovic, and he has become the first player or first man to win all nine Masters One Thousand tournaments. Masters 1000. Masters 1000. I don't know what 1000 means. I was quite interested what you thought 1000 might mean. The amount of players in the tournament <laughs> is really, really long. Uh, prize money? Prize money, yeah. Or, I don't know why you'd bother winning them all, to be honest. Or, or prize things. Yeah. Oh, you a get thousand of whatever you want. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That would be the best way to be paid. Don't choose rice, because that's like half a packet. <laughs> rice is great when you're hungry and you want a thousand of something. <laughs> he won, he beat Federer in the final, didn't he, at Cincinnati? Is that the one he yes. just won? Yeah. yeah. Um, Federer, who was the seven times champion at that tournament, and he'd lost to him three times before in the final of that single tournament. He's lost that final five times. Yeah. Three times to Federer and twice to Andy Murray, of all people. Of all people to lose to. He's quite good in America, though, isn't he? He won his first slam in America, Murray, so yeah. obviously likes it over there. Novak was stuck on eight for a long time as well. He's stuck on eight Masters yeah. wins, or the other eight. Yeah. It's a, he, he'd won several of them I multiple, multiple times. times yeah. Um, but yeah, he was stuck on having only won the other eight since 2013. So, uh, <laughs> finally got the monkey off his back, should we say? I guess so, but like to be the first man to do it is. Very impressive. Really yeah. impressive. Yeah, like it doesn't sound that difficult. You just win nine tournaments in your career, but for him to be the only person to have ever done it, surely it seems it, quite remarkable, doesn't it? It must be amazing. Yeah, if like Federer hasn't done it, Nadal hasn't done it. So like, Federer is stuck on seven. He hasn't won Monte Carlo or Rome. I assume. Well, no, Rome is definitely clay. I assume Monte Carlo is clay as it well. Is, yes. And that, I assume, is why he hasn't won them. <laughs> and Nadal is still on six. He hasn't won Miami, Shanghai, which is a relatively recent one. Oh, it's... that was the carpet one, is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were looking at carpet tournaments before <laughs> because we are obsessed <laughs> with carpet tournaments. How can you play on carpet? <laughs> they played in the 1970s. Like they played all of them on carpet. carpet in, with... in, in their uh, slippers. I was going to say, with dressing gowns and cigars. <laughs> And they're all reading the paper while playing. <laughs> Can't spill anything, though. No, <laughs> crumbs. You got crumbs in my carpet. You. <laughs> oh, it's spilled white wine. <laughs> it's spilled the wine. We got a cigar ash everywhere. He brought a dog along. <laughs> Nadal hasn't won uh, Miami, Shanghai, or Paris, which now are all hard court. Oh, uh, it's Paris hardcourt. Uh, yeah. Interesting. So, no coincidence there, I don't No, surely not. So it leaves Djokovic in fairly good stead, having won Wimbledon and now got all got his final Masters 1000 tournament. Leaves him in pretty good stead, I'd have thought, for winning the US Open, which starts on 27th, which is a week from today. Federer was asked after 
he lost. Mm. Like, where, how does he think he'll do in the US Open? And Federer replied, I'm now no longer the favorite for mm. the US Open. Telling. Which, arguably true. Interesting. I wonder, was he the favorite before, do you think? Before that? I wouldn't I think, have, I think he was. I wouldn't have had him as the favorite. I wouldn't have thought. Like, although Federer, I'd have thought Federer would have been favorite for Wimbledon. But to have him as favourite for the US, there's a lot of strong players coming into the US. Obviously, Nadal, Djokovic on the back of Wimbledon. Murray's back, although it's his first major back. Yeah, he went out in the first round of Cincinnati. Yeah, in Cincinnati. He? he did. He played quite well at the one before it, which was Washington, and had to pull out of that because of scheduling problems. So he played a game that finished, I think, at 3am in the morning. Right. They only played three sets. I don't know how they managed to get it so wrong, but he, yeah, he played a game that finished at ridiculous o'clock and then had to play the next day. So pulled out of that because he didn't want to. That is poor, isn't it? But it's it's a strange way to schedule the tournament. Maybe the weather. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the specifics around it. Yeah. But, um, in that tournament, he did. I don't think it was the game that finished really late, but it was a long, there was a long game and he sat on the sideline sobbing into his towel for a little while. And by a little while, it's like five, ten minutes after the game. The crowd were just waiting for him to go off court so they could go home. Getting closer. <laughs> Getting closer. <laughs> yeah. Del Potro is up to world number three going is into he? the US Open. Oh, Del Puccio. Won the US Open as well in 09, a long time ago now. That, wow, so that is a, a long, long time. long time ago. That, that was when everyone thought he was going to be the big next thing. Um, and then he had all his wrist injuries and stuff, but... Up to number three in the world, I'd love him to win it. I would love him to have a big final against someone as well. Yeah, even if even if he loses it, just to have him back at the top of the game is great. Seems like that number three spot is like always up for grabs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the one and two. It's weird because it's not always the same one and two, but it's usually once a they set. get there. Yeah, they're they set there for quite for a while. while. But number three could be anyone. Yeah, <laughs> my dog. <laughs> is he good? Is he? <laughs> On carpet. (laughs) Sticking with the tennis, sort of. Very tenuously, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, you'll you'll like what we've done. Here. <laughs> Forbes have released another rich list. They have. It's the top ten earning female athletes. I imagine they might have done more than the top ten, mm. but all I can see that's being reported on is the top ten. Yeah, maybe just there's a significant drop off. Yeah, possibly. They're earning as much as <laughs> a builder. We are. Yeah, and and that's of no interest. Yeah. To <laughs> maybe that's really interesting. <laughs> it makes you feel better than them, doesn't it? Feel <laughs> superior. Eight of the top ten are tennis players. Yeah, there's the tenuous link. There it is. <laughs> it is interesting, though, isn't it? That uh, women's, I guess, women's tennis is the most high-profile women's sport. I, we were trying to think before recording. I can't think of another one. Possibly athletics is the only other And sport. athletics is not paid it's well. It's not at paid all. at all, is it? No, but um, I can't think of another high-profile sport where women's sport is also high-profile. Like, NBA no. is a big paid one, NFL a big paid, but there is no... The women's versions of those sports are not well-paid. I don't know if there is even a women's NFL. There's a WNBA and it's terribly paid 
Yeah. So, yeah. Women's, Perhaps football. Yeah, getting football there is it's on the path to getting there, isn't yeah. it? And women's cricket in this country as well is, is in getting this country there. though, yeah. and in India as well, I think. Yeah. But not and Australia. Australia has always been quite big, but Australian sports don't seem to get that top dollar the way that American sports do. Obviously, in American sports yeah. is where all the real money is. Um, the, so the the other two athletes who aren't tennis players mm. are Pusala Venkata Sindhu. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> or as she's more commonly known, thankfully, PV Sindhu. PV Sindhu. Um, and like PVC Sindhu. <laughs> <laughs> she's made out of plastic. <laughs> and Indian badminton player. Yeah. Uh, Who's very interesting seventh on the list yeah i was reading an article about her today and she out earned the world number one didn't she in tennis the world's tennis world number one so the highest earner was uh serena williams yeah which isn't to be expected she's been on the everyone which yeah. list a few times hasn't she uh but only won sixty two thousand dollars yeah uh, because she was out on maternity, wasn't she, this year? But still managed to make $18 million in endorsements. Yeah, it's incredible. I, want, I would be really interested to know if that had changed at all, whether that went up or down based on the fact that she hasn't had much court time. Yeah, uh, I imagine it's gone down. I would imagine down. So PV Sindhu was... <laughs> Plastic the... Sindhu. <laughs> Sindhu, like Sindhu doll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you can say these things. Uh, was the next... And uh, the next least in winnings after Serena, after Serena at okay. five hundred thousand dollars, wow, and had eight million in, in endorsements. endorsements. Wow, Halep, mm. the world number one, yep, six point <laughs> two million dollars in winnings, mm-hmm. but only one point five million dollars in endorsements. Ah, interesting. It's interesting that she doesn't get that much in endorsements because I'd have thought she. Especially, like, she's very, like, vibrant and vivacious and kind of outgoing and bubbly. I'd have thought she'd have been really good yeah. spokeswoman for a sport, uh, for a brand even. It's interesting that she hasn't quite got there yet. Danica Patrick, the NASCAR uh, yeah, driver. Oh, yeah, NASCAR driver, yeah. She's ninth. Ah. So that's the, the only other person who's in we the didn't. There wasn't play. any NASCAR drivers on the top, on the regular. Don't think so, actually, think. No. no. So that's interesting that... The women's side of that is well well paid by women's sports standards. Yes, by comparison to the men's she side, she earned three million in winnings mm. and four point five million in endorsements, which is a mm. good amount. But I'd, I would have thought because like NASCAR cars are just oh, they're absolutely plastic, aren't they? Yeah, maybe hers isn't. Maybe hers is like sleek and <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she does so well. That's <laughs> yeah, she earns, so. yeah, it's kind of like flapping off the side or the stickers <laughs> flapping around. Other noticeable mentions. Sharapova is on there. Uh, really? Having only earned 1 million in winnings, ah. but 9.5 million in endorsements. endorsements. Does that, I wonder if that counts like her own brand. Like she made her Sugarpova brand, didn't she? Of like her own perfume, I think it is. Uh, or, yeah. Or like she has all these, her own brand of all kinds of things. I don't know if is that, that counts. Is that an endorsement I don't or a business? If she endorses herself from her own business, does that count as an endorsement? If she wears, like, branded stuff of her own brands, and then, I don't know how you would figure that out. <laughs> I don't know. Endorseption. 
<laughs> she puts an endorsement within her endorsements. And <laughs> but, but yeah, then she's no, because no, surely no, because then she'd be paying herself. Yeah. So it, that's not impossible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you can't include that. I don't know. I don't know how this works. If if I get paid three million pounds, yeah. which is about average for yeah, me, yeah, it's about what you earn, don't you? Rich and then and then I move two million of that into another account. I haven't paid myself two million. I haven't been paid more. No, but what about if you draw on your shirt? <laughs> <laughs> you pay yourself to draw on your shirt. Does that count? <laughs> I don't know. What I'm saying is Forbes need to be more more explicit with how they work these things out. <laughs> Do you hear me, Forbes? Um, as I'm sure you can imagine, I have a game. This is the only reason we spoke about this. <laughs> And, of course it is, how many can they buy? <laughs> she's rich, she's got lots of money, she likes to buy some things that she don't need, but how many can she buy? You've only done this, because now I have to redo the f***ing jingle, don't I? <laughs> it was how many can he buy last time? Well, that was your choice <sighs> to be uh, so sexist. Force, uh, short-sighted. <laughs> I'm not the one who made the rich list with only men on it. <laughs> so, shall we? Shall we begin? Hooray! I've got my red pen out. <laughs> You're lying. I can see it's black, <laughs> and you've ticked everything. <laughs> what have you done that for? Let's start. Let's start at the top. Serena Williams, recently a new mom. Yes. But how many packs of five biodegradable eco nappies could she buy on a year's salary interesting are you going to tell me her year's salary or do i have to work that out for myself so that's 18 million 18 million packs of five eco nappies (sighs) i I think she thinks a lot about her well uh, carbon footprint and environmental impact i would imagine she would (sighs) they must be a tenner a pack aren't they so i'm going to say 1.8 1.8 million. They're, they're only 5.25 oh, a pack. Oh, I've well overestimated how expensive it is that, to be that, a parent. It must be really cheap to be a parent. That's still over a pound a nappy. <laughs> and they get to, what, oh, they like they go 25 through, a day? They? Yeah, that's true. That's what I've heard. Oh, that's an expensive baby. So, you can afford 2,666,666. I didn't do too bad. Only 800,000 off. Yeah. It's not... <laughs> <laughs> I've done worse in games. <laughs> So that was wrong. Tick. (laughs) (laughs) PV Sindhu earns 8.5 million in a year. She does. But how many packs of six Mavis 2000 nylon tournament shuttlecocks could she buy? Oh, I see. (laughs) Did you say they're called Mavis? Yep. That's that's my nan's name. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she makes shuttlecocks. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that about her. Uh, maybe it was the endorsement deals. <laughs> how many? How many in a pack did you say? Six packs of six. Packs of six. Okay. How many packs of six? So packs of six. Got to be about a tenner. <laughs> I'm just going to guess everything's a tenner <laughs> and divide it by ten because it's really easy to do the maths. Oh, I'm going to go a bit, bit more than a tenner. And what did you say she earned? Eight million, eight and a half million. Yeah. I'm going to say she can afford about six hundred thousand. Quite expensive, these shuttlecocks. Are they? $19. No. What? For a pack of six? A pack of six. Oh, dollars. I was thinking pounds. Oh, I've been doing this all wrong. (laughs) My mind. 
tournament standard, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah. she can afford 445,492. Not far off still, was I? Not no, far off. Getting closer. <laughs> I'm getting closer. I'm going to go and sob into my towel for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sloane Stevens. Sloane. Your, oh, our favourite. Your favourite. <laughs> She better not win the US. And, <laughs> She's gonna make me look silly. <laughs> and eleven point two million. That's a lot of money, isn't it? So, given that you person. think she would never win Wimbledon, I don't think she'll win anything. How many? She's won the US Open. Yeah, I don't think she won it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> I think. <laughs> How many Wimbledon trophies do you think she could buy? <laughs> what <are> fake ones? <laughs> Real up. ones, apparently. Real ones. <laughs> Well, this is how much it cost them to actually make the real Wimbledon this trophy. Is how, this is not how much it cost them when it was made, but yeah. how much it is worth now. Uh, okay. Street price, if you stole it. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. On the black market. Oh, okay. This this was the one that took me a while. To yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you spent like an hour researching this. <laughs> I was just sitting there playing Candy Crush on my phone. <laughs> How'd you go on? Uh, badly. <laughs> I need to use my extra lives. <laughs> uh, how much did you say she earned? Uh, $11.2 million. Oh, the trophy must be worth about a million, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say the trophy on the black market. I reckon I could get a grand for it. Could I? Yeah, I reckon I could get a grand for the trophy. And she went, oh, I forgot how much, 11.8 million. 11.2. 11.2 million. So, divide that by a thousand. <laughs> Help me out. <laughs> 11.2 thousand. I reckon, yeah, 11.2 thousand. Apparently, the Wimbledon trophy is worth $13,500. There's no way. I... And so she could buy 829 of them. <sighs> There's no way. It's not worth that much. <laughs> it's not even real gold. <laughs> I, I, I'm flabbergasted. I've got no words. It's <laughs> a shame because this is a podcast. <laughs> but your facial expressions are really they good. Say it all. <laughs> a vlogcast. <laughs> okay, so we've got two more. Two more. These ones are a bit easier, I think. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm ready for this. Danica I'm doing well Patrick. so far. Uh, Patrick. Obviously drives. Car driver lady. Yep. Probably drives lots of cars. I'd imagine so. Bit of a petrol head. Yeah. Well, you'd have to be, wouldn't you? But we all know. What the best car is? Mini. Brum. Brum! <laughs> of course it's Brum! So, how many... <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> He's not even told us yet. <laughs> <laughs> this took me a while to find as well. How many Brum pedal... <laughs> He's full on gone. <laughs> it's tears. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Composure. Come on. How many Brum pedal cars could she buy? Little kiddies pedal cars. Yep. I love it. <laughs> Specifically Brum ones though. Not not your normal. Are they like actual Brum where they come to life and drive around in the streets on their own? They would be priceless. Price. <laughs> Loads of MasterCard advert. <laughs> your car coming to life. <laughs> priceless. Um little pedal cars for a little daughter to drive around in. Uh or oh, anybody of a certain size. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not anybody. 
<laughs> I don't think Danica Patrick would fit in one, would she? <laughs> or are they like full size cars? Done your own. Flintstones. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, replica stuff goes for a lot, doesn't it? I'm going to say, how much did she earn again? Oh, I didn't tell you. You didn't that, tell me. Oh, a cheater. Stop. You're a cheater. Uh, $7.5 million. $7.5 million. And I reckon a Brum pedal car, if we get that for about 100 quid. Yeah, 100 quid for that. Divided by 100. Easy peasy. Seven, 75,000. 75,000. So you said pounds then. Oh, $75 million. Unbelievable. Why do they work in dollars, stupid <laughs> Forbes? <laughs> Be based in the UK. Uh, I'll, I'll get, it's, so half it's, it then. Uh, 5.8 million pounds. Okay, 5.8 million. So 58,000. So I found for, for a decent replica. Oh yeah. Between 100 and 154. Ooh! She's not short of a bit of money, so I used 154. Oh, you cheer! <laughs> if you've done the 100, I'd have won! In which case she can buy 37,662. Oh, I was so close. Yeah, half mark. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and for that, you get it tick. <laughs> Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing her like pedaling down the street, <laughs> <laughs> emblazoned <laughs> with uh, sponsors, <laughs> with Noddy in the back. Uh, final one, big ears. Uh, Maria Sharapova. Yes, and ten point five million. Oh, is it how much Meldonium can she buy? No, topical. But she's Sometimes. Russian. She is, and Russia is well known for vodka and hitmen. Oh. <laughs> So, how many hits do you think she could take out? <laughs> On Serena Williams. <laughs> Definitely make sure. Just really make sure. Oh, God. I haven't, I haven't ordered a hit in ages. I don't know what the going rate is. Uh, so, uh, I went with the, the, <laughs> the average the average the average cost of a hit in the UK <sighs> you so looked it, this up on my laptop as well <laughs> I'm going to get a visit later on from the police or from a hitman oh my god how much did you say she earned 10.5 million dollars I reckon 10 grand for a hit 10.5 million divided by 10 grand that's thousand no uh, is it yeah, ten, a thousand. yeah, yeah, yeah. a thousand yeah a thousand so, the average hit I found was $15,000. Oh, I'm getting so close. She, I'm so pretty she, good at this guessing stuff. So, she can take out the top 700 <laughs> tennis players. <laughs> and reign supreme. <laughs> so, uh, you get a quarter mark for that. Yes. I'm doing so well so again. So, you Little got bits of marks. three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> out of five. Javu. <laughs> Javu. <laughs> It's either a leg spinner or a carom ball to finish things off for Ravi Ashwin and India. Ball pitching into the rough, spitting and onto Anderson's gloves. And India have wrapped up this test match. They're back in the series. They've outplayed England here at Trent Bridge. 2-1 now with two games to go. So England return to losing yes, ways. Yes, that is quite a boring intro. <laughs> it is a very boring intro, isn't it? 
I couldn't think of anything exciting about the cricket. It's really boring. <laughs> like, losing is not much fun, is it? No, it was the same problems showing themselves again. Same ones they all we've had, like, have had for ages. Just can't bat, <laughs> can they? Just can't, cannot bat. Can't bat test cricket. They don't know how to do it. Cook used to be able to do it. He doesn't seem to be able to yeah, do it anymore. Of Jennings can't do it. Root doesn't seem to be able to do it. No. Best, oh, best, you can't really blame best, he broke Broken his fingers. Finger. <laughs> but he didn't play very well in the first innings. He hasn't played very well this series, really, no. I don't think. He's been very up and down. He's played alright with the gloves, apart from breaking his fingers. But best doesn't seem to be able to do it. Stokes and Butler are the only ones who seem to be able to do it. They the did two, it. The two bashers. They, the, they went a full session without losing without a wicket. Losing a wicket. Yeah. One would, full session. I would love to know when the last time England did that was, because it must have been a while ago. I can't remember it. <laughs> and they, they gave just, us a little, a little bit of hope. Yeah, a little ray, a little ray of hope. Um, he did get dropped on one though, didn't he? But like, yeah. in fairness, it was a it, tough, it, a he, tough drop. He gave a fair few half chances. Yes, uh, that was the only real one that like went to hand. Yeah, but there was a few that flew past the slips or went over the slips and stuff. Yeah, but other than that, I thought, I thought he played really well, just Butler in the final innings, and it was nice. And it wasn't just him actually; it was the tail as well. Like they actually dug in. They the, tried their best. The top <laughs> four didn't, but Stokes and Butler, and then. Woke's got an absolute snorter. There's nothing you can do about that yeah. one. Rashid played really well. Like the on, I watched. I got back at about six o'clock yesterday, and there was still like an hour to play. I was like, "Oh, great! I'll watch this." So I watched the last hour of play. They played so well. Like they were just blocking <laughs> out everything. Jimmy Anderson was out there like dancing around the crease. It was like watching <laughs> Phil Tufnell back. It was brilliant. But they like really dug in and they gave it away this morning. But. Is a tail end Yeah, they, they so weren't going to last so no. very long. It was a real achievement to get India to have to come back today. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought they they did really well, but the top four is a real problem. I think. Yeah, it's a huge problem. Yeah. India, on the other hand, solved a lot of their problems. Yeah. Like because the ball was still moving. Yeah. But they played it well. They left a lot. Yes, that was the big difference. I thought, and I thought Shikhar Dhawan played really well. Came in having played badly in the first test and been dropped for the second test. Came in and hit the bad balls and left the good balls. That's how you play test cricket. Yeah. And he's known again as a basher. He's not in the team normally for playing good test cricket. But all of them seemed to play really determined innings and just didn't get out. <laughs> it yeah. made it really hard for the bowlers, which is exactly what you're supposed to do. Yeah, until until the sun is up and they're tired. Yeah, and- when- and you get your rewards, don't you? That's what happened in the second innings. They, they made, they, they batted well in the first innings. England bowled quite well in the first innings. They got an average sort of score. Yeah. England batted awfully, got out really quickly, had to bowl again really quickly. So yeah. were tired. And India just made hay. And I thought they got the best of the conditions, India pops, possibly. But, but they were put in. Possibly not. They were put into bat, so it was, you to, can't really blame yeah. it. England and really not to the same extent that England did no, at uh, Lords. Definitely not, no. And this wasn't a trouncing in the way the Lords one was, really. No. England, if, if England had petered out in the second innings, then it would have been a trouncing the same as Lords, but at least they showed some fight in the second innings. Yeah. To make it at least something of a game. It was, they were never going to win it, but they at least gave yeah. something they in the second innings. Yeah, they batted a hundred <laughs> overs or something in that fourth innings and, yeah, I thought it wasn't as much of a trouncing as the second test was for India, but it was a pretty big trouncing for England on home soil. 
to be beaten like at that. At Trent Bridge as well. Yeah, somewhere where they normally do well. And yeah, yeah. just their catching seems to be a real big problem at the moment as well. Yeah. They keep putting down chances and these chances weren't early in the innings. They didn't cost them huge amounts of runs like they did uh, when Coley scored 149. That was a massive costly drop, but this time they just kept dropping. They Still just keep, count though, don't they? They all count, yeah. Catches win matches. Exactly. It's, it's confidence more than anything or as much as anything. And yeah, they just don't look like they've got any confidence, especially Keaton Jennings. Cook to some extent, he just didn't, he was dropping catches as well and you didn't yeah. see him dropping very many. They just seem a little bit bereft of confidence in the batting, which is interesting because they've got a lot of good batsmen in there. And came, they, they should have come into Trent Bridge riding a high. Mm. Like they, at times, played really well. Uh, Lords, they're, they're at least bowling well. They can. Yeah, the bowling unit's been great. I thought the bowling unit was great this time as well. They, they were stuffed up by their batsmen in the second innings. Like they, they were tired from the first innings still. Didn't get any chance to rest yeah. really. So. So do you see changes for, uh, the next test at the Rose Bowl? Is it? Yeah, Rose Bowl starts on the 30th, which is eight days from today. Uh, it's not long day. Not it's not long. a huge gap is it no I thought there was a bigger gap they've really packed the tests in yeah. this summer because of all the one days that they're playing um, I don't know I don't know if there would be changes uh, it feels like there shouldn't be because they won the first two they've lost this one maybe give some, them a chance to rectify it after losing because it, it, it's harder to change things after winning I think but they, ha- they haven't it's harder to justify changes after winning, mm. but because in neither of their wins, the batsmen no. displayed match-winning potential. Yeah, like they've already chopped and changed a little bit with the batting. I don't know if they want to drop Ollie Pope after one test. No, I wouldn't suggest Ollie Pope. No. Jennings has only been back in for this series. Yeah. He looks... Like he's having an absolute shocker, to be honest. The, one of the drops was a disaster. Yeah. it hit like the side of his hand he just went too <laughs> early and like it hit the outsides of his hand it's unbelievable I've never seen anyone drop anything like that so uh, he maybe is the one to drop yeah but if you keep dropping openers you're going to run out of openers eventually yeah Bairstow might not be playing anyway yeah there's probably so going to have to be a change might need to be a change there it um, would make sense to leave Bairstow out if he's not even anyway like if he's, even if he's close to 100% still leave him out I would say rather than risk because he plays all formats. He's really yeah. important to the one-day team as well. I just wouldn't risk him. for. A, like, I don't think he's added that much, to be honest, no. to this test series. I think maybe a game-off would be good for him. So the obvious choice uh, for many is... Moeen. Moeen, yes. We all love Moeen, don't we? The beard <laughs> we to fear be feared. <laughs> we fear him. He scored 219 for Yorkshire. Just then, in time. Yeah, as they were playing this test, he's just knocking a double hundred. Took four for 35 in the same match as well. <laughs> he, again, knocking on the door. He's been in the squad. I, I can see them playing him. Butler takes the gloves. They just bring Murray in at seven. Yeah. Move Butler up to six. Maybe Stokes up to five or Butler up to five. He seems to have the game to play at five. Yeah. Maybe even Butler up to four. Move Pope down to six. That's where he normally plays, isn't it? Butler. Pope. Uh, Pope. Pope plays Not, at six, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think... I thought he showed in the first innings, he looked all right. He looks fairly compact. He does things well. He looks a lot like Ian Bell, mm. even like in the face. <laughs> He's got a little head. <laughs> there have been a few calls for Ian Bell. That was something I was going to bring up. 
No way. Surely not. And especially with Ed Smith bringing in the youngsters, you can't imagine he's going to go back to Ian Bell. And everybody's playing, saying he's playing so well, but he is playing in the second division, isn't he? Yeah. So... He's also really old. <laughs> <laughs> we've, like, we've moved past Ian Bell. He's been out of the team for I so think long. His bell has told. Oh! Kimmy, I think it's fair to say the, the whole F1 community would have been very, very happy as well to see you get that win today. Um, what are your thoughts? So you lost it uh, during the pit stops, of course, and what are your thoughts on that? Um, hard to say, really. I know what I am doing, is the words of Kimmy Reichman. Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I get Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's pretty good, though, isn't it? It's a pretty close <laughs> for any <laughs> generic European person. Uh, Kimmy Reichman this week said that he doesn't understand why Nico Rosberg... <laughs> he doesn't understand what Nico Rosberg is doing. Has <laughs> uh, <laughs> he asked him? <laughs> he said he's noticed him around the paddock, <laughs> being a pundit. He keeps coming to the German Grand Prix, apparently. And uh, Kimmy just said, well, I don't know why you're here. What are you doing here? Because Rosberg retired from the sport, saying, like, I want to get away from the sport, effectively. And <laughs> Reikonen said... Um, there's quite a lot of talk. Reckon is 38 this year. Um, and there's quite a lot of talk about this being his yeah, last year of Ferrari. Yeah. And he said, uh, when he's finished, he's like, no, it will not be hard to stop this job. I will be relieved. Uh, all of it, <laughs> everything except the driving is rubbish is effectively what he said. <laughs> there's not exact words, but <laughs> that's, that's work, Kimmy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it that's is. your job. <laughs> yeah. And like, it sounds like it's a really, uh, easy job. F1 driving because you literally just go out on the track whiz it around for a while and then go off and that's it yeah but I think actually it's a really grueling lifestyle isn't it like, I, I imagine it is yeah. and there's a lot of work behind the scenes mm, I know somebody who's worked for Mercedes mm. and the drivers are constantly being asked their input for like the shape of the pedals yeah. and the shape of the steering wheel and all this. And there's the, a lot of like, lot fitness. Of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of fitness behind yeah. it as well. It's a hard. It's much harder than it looks. Like it's not like driving a regular car. Like even when you're driving a car on the motorway, you can feel that it's taking some yeah. energy. And you think going around sharp corners at three times that speed. Yeah, it's going to take a bit. Yeah. Of, a bit of work to get it around there. But but jobs are hard, Kimmy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's basically. But I think Kimmy is funny. <laughs> Yes, I is. just think he's really funny, and I think his uh, sentiments towards Rosberg are something that we all share. Of <laughs> go away, Rosberg. <laughs> I don't like Rosberg. He's <laughs> smug and he. But it made me think about players that we would like as pundits, and those that maybe we wouldn't like so much. So, I'm going to ask first: mm. Would would you like to see Kimmy as <sighs> a pundit? I would love it. He's not keen. If he's so difficult to get anything out of him. Like, could you imagine him and Eddie Jordan trying to do like a back and forth? <laughs> It'd be heaven for Eddie Jordan. He just gets to talk for the whole race. Kimmy might talk twice. Oh, you're such a good listener. <laughs> Where have you gone? Uh, so I think Kimmy, Kimmy would be It'd be funny hilarious. to watch, but yeah. I couldn't imagine working with him. It'd be great for him to be like the pit side guy. <laughs> and they go, we're going to go down to Kimmy now. Kimmy, what's going on on the race side? Nothing. <laughs> Thanks, Kimmy. Uh, <laughs> I really sound like Rocky there. <laughs> All the action stars in the pen. Pundits that we don't want. I was thinking Joey Barton would be a terrible pundit if he ever oh, yeah, been a yeah. pundit. He just 
Uh, he doesn't have any. I, I feel he'd be in the same sort of mold as Robbie Savage. Uh, yeah, a lot of opinions. Do more, nothing be better. to back it up. Yeah, yeah. why don't you just kick people? That's that's his opinion, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who, who I thought showed themselves up at the World Cup was Slaven Slaven Bilic. As a good one or as a bad as one? A bad one. Oh, really? I quite enjoyed Slaven Bilic. He was really argumentative yeah. for no reason. <laughs> I really liked that about him. He got in a big old fight a couple of times. <laughs> but over nothing. Yeah. He's really funny. There was one where um, they were talking about VAR, a VAR decision. Yeah. He was a big, big anti-VAR guy. And they said... Slavin, what do you think about this? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Let's talk about the goals instead. Brilliant. <laughs> this is your job. <laughs> Work is hard, Slavin. <laughs> I thought he was really funny. <laughs> uh, Andy Murray started doing a bit of punditry, didn't he? In the, in the tennis. Yeah. I didn't enjoy him so much, to be honest. I, I didn't think, I, I enjoyed him more than I thought I would, but I don't, I don't think he's, he's just got, he's a little bit too dour. He maybe would grow into it. I think he would. I, like it is, it strikes me as something to be quite difficult to begin with. Yeah, and yeah, I, he has good opinions, doesn't he? I think he's a good opinion piece type guy, and he's good to interview. I just don't know if he can keep it, like keep the energy up long enough. For, what little for energy he shows? Exactly. <laughs> I don't think he can. <laughs> I don't think he can keep talking for that long. No. I'm not sure it's in his nature. No, I think. That's it. it. It definitely isn't in his nature. No. So to find things to say in those silences yeah. is definitely going to be difficult. It's definitely for him. a skill, isn't it? Yeah. And like Tim Henman has worked, like has gone really well into it because he's, yeah. he's kind of a raconteur anyway. He likes telling stories and he's, he's a good person for other people to bounce off as well. I just don't think, I don't think Murray would have that. Somebody I would like to see, mm. but for exactly the opposite reasons. <laughs> We just said Tim Henman was good. Oh, really? Uh, Mourinho. <laughs> Mourinho. Yeah. He would not bounce things back and forth. He would not, would he? But it'd be really funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's another. I think he's a good interviewee. I'm not sure how good a pundit he would no. be, though, for a whole match. I'd be interested to see it. Yeah. Um. So on, I think he might have done a little bit occasionally, uh, or at least he's done like some interviews. And I thought he was really good. Peter Schmeichel. Oh, Schmeichel. Yeah, he does, um, he's been on, like, sitting in the studio. Yeah. I don't know if he's ever done, like, like I guess that is punditry, isn't he? He's never done, like, commentary. No. But, but I think he'd be quite good at that as well. Yeah, I think so. He's, he's got a lovely voice, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice and, like, relaxing. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite of how he was as a player, really. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down a bit, he has. <laughs> yeah. Probably we're going to see a double knockdown there, but now Wilder again in his unorthodox style. Look at Let's take a minute to talk about people punching each other in the face. It's football. <laughs> uh, I've got boxing written down here. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, Tyson Fury has won the right to face Deontay Wilder, mm-hmm. which will be sort of a pretty big deal, I hear. Yeah, this is like the... Oh, no. It, he has to win this fight, doesn't he, to then unify the belts that's what he's aiming to do get his belt back and then unify him by beating Joshua yes so if he wins 
So if it were to go ahead, they're they're deep into negotiations, mm-hmm. and it is looking like it's going to be this year, yeah, like September sometime, which doesn't give Fury all that time to get ready. Like for these heavyweight bouts, they take quite yeah, a while to. I think they have to do a lot of a lot of conditioning, don't they? For, yeah. Especially for the heavyweights, they've got to get their weight right for and a everything. single fight, and yeah, yeah. they they change their weight quite a lot depending on who they're fighting yeah. as well. I say quite a lot, like. A few kilograms, but apparently that's but, enough. Yeah, it's a big amount if it's all muscle, isn't it? Yeah. You're going to have to change. I imagine, though, he's been gearing up for this fight anyway, because yeah. it's what he's wanted to do for a while. He eased past the Italian mm. Francesco Pianetta. Yeah, lovely. Yep, yeah. That one. <laughs> In his last fight. Sounds like an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> hey! Two scoop Pianetta! So, I imagine this is always sort of yeah, in the the, in the pipeline. Back of his, yeah, definitely. Back of his mind. Um, and if Anthony Joshua won his fight, mm. they could fight each other. Fury and Joshua could fight each other as early as next April mm. to unify the to unify the belts. Yeah, which sounds amazing. I don't really, I don't really understand boxing that much, so I don't really know how amazing it is. How do they get ununified in the first place? Uh, somebody with enough money comes along and oh, makes a new one. Makes a new one. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think so. Uh. So I think there are like four heavyweight belts. But then from then on, doesn't that same person always have the belt? Now, like if he, if they unify it, the same person always have the belt, right? But they can lose them. Yeah, but can they only put what? Can they put like? Just one belt yes. on the line. Yeah, you can. Uh, I think you can. Like in wrestling, when they come out with them over their shoulder. Yes. That's how they used to do it. <laughs> Just showing off. <laughs> But if if so if it does go ahead this year, that could be as many as six pay per view like blockbuster fights. Yeah. In quite quick succession. We talked when we talked about Floyd Mayweather about how much pay per view earns. Yeah. That is a massive earner. People a lot of people spend a lot of money on watching boxing, don't they? Yeah, people pay a lot of money on Sky Sports just as <laughs> yeah, it is. That's true. And so if you had six pay per view fights in a year as well, mm. that's another hundred and twenty quid. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Isn't it? all them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not something I'll be spending any money on, to be honest. I'm just, yeah, it's not worth that twenty quid for me. I don't, I don't think it's going to be that interesting, surely. No, I don't have twenty quid to spend. Oh, no. <laughs> I've got a little treat for you with the next topic. It's a chance for you to boo something. And then boo, they, and boo, they, wait. Wait now? until I say it. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Spurs. Boo! Yeah! <laughs> there you go. I got it right. <laughs> um, Spurs have had some trouble this season, haven't they? With their stadium that they were supposed to be building, this 62,000-seater stadium, supposed to be the new hot new thing on this, the Premier League circuit. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> hot new thing. You know, like a handbag. <laughs> yeah. Ooh! <laughs> Yeah, and well, it's a very expensive handbag. Do you want to know? Do you know how much it's cost so far? And they haven't even finished it yet. Uh, I would love to. One billion pounds. What? They've spent a billion pounds on building this stadium That's so far. That's like a comedy value. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Dr. Evil. Yeah. One billion is literally more money than anyone can even imagine. It's more than the club's worth. That's why they couldn't afford any transfers, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. And it's it's just ridiculous they've spent this much on it and there's no at the moment there's no end date they've got no really? they've wow. got no long stop date of when they're actually going to get it finished and be able to play in it 
<laughs> so there's a petition at the moment on change.org, which is a website that's mostly used for good and for like actually real petitions that real people might need. Are you saying this isn't good and, and or real? <laughs> it's a bit silly. <laughs> They've got a petition for Spurs to lose points for having to move stadiums in the middle of the season if they end up moving stadiums. Because otherwise they're going to be at Wembley for the rest of the year. And the idea is that they were supposed to be playing in this new stadium yeah. this year. Obviously, they've got no end date, and it may be 2019 now, according to <laughs> some sources. So they may just wait until next season to get into it. But yeah. there's a petition to say if they uh, if they don't get into it, or if they do get into it, sorry, this season, and have to switch between the two for them to lose points. It was something that Richard Scudamore, the chief of the FA, or chief of the Premier League Association even, um said a couple of years ago that Spurs wouldn't be allowed to play in two stadiums yeah. in the same season. He said it made a mockery of of the league, effectively. And public transport. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm sure that's primary on his <laughs> list of concerns. So I just thought it was quite interesting that um, people are wasting the petition so, so <laughs> petition to all the time. Who's made this petition? Is it, Some is it Spurs fans? <laughs> They'd be the sort of thing that Spurs fans would do, isn't it? <laughs> they are very self-deprecating, aren't they, the Spurs fans? If if this were to reach the 100,000 signatures... Yeah, it has, it, to, be, it has it would, to be heard at heard in Parliament. And they would say, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's football? <laughs> They're sponsored by Rwanda. <laughs> So you'll probably be very surprised to hear that GB are pretty good at basketball. I am surprised at that. Very surprised. The wheelchair basketball teams. Uh, wheelchair basketball, which you before referred to as wheelchair B and B. Yeah, <laughs> which is a nice guest home for wheelchairs to sleep in. Basket and ball, isn't it? Bas- basket and ball. <laughs> you need two things for basketball. You need both baskets <laughs> and balls, and therefore we call it <laughs> wheelchair B and B. Is my new sitcom. The uh, <laughs> the men's team reached the quarterfinals of the world championships. Yes. Uh, as we speak, this is, isn't it? Yes, playing Spain as we speak, mm-hmm. which is a repeat of the semi-final at the 2016 Olympics. Mm. Grudge match. Where GB went on to win bronze. Uh, so, so they lost that match. Lost the semi-final, right. but then won the 3-4. The okay. Oh, so they've got revenge. They need to revenge themselves. Or avenge themselves? Nope. <laughs> Revenge themselves. <laughs> Re-avenge themselves. I know English, you shut up. Um, and the GB women have won all their pool games so far with just a final pool game against Netherlands. Yeah, it's strange that like the tournaments are running side by side. The women's tournament is still in the pool stage. The men's tournament. Yeah, it's a long way behind. The quarters. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say that about women. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just a different tournament format, I, I think, isn't it? They've got bigger pools in the women's. Yeah, game. they often do that but because they don't have as many teams. Yeah. So they can't have, there's no point in having like four pools of mm. two. <laughs> Only one of you may get through one game each. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> But if 
my understanding of funding for basketball is correct. And it surely is. Unless they win, all their funding will be correct. <laughs> That's how Olympic funding works. <laughs> Team of the week. Team of the week this week is Catalans Dragons. I don't know if it said Catalans. It's French, so I assume it is. Catalans. Catalans. Dra- Dragons. <laughs> um, they are the finalists of the Rugby League Challenge Cup which goes ahead on Saturday, which is probably when this is going to drop. So if you're listening Saturday morning, make sure you tune in. They're playing against Warrington in the Rugby League Challenge Cup final. And if they were to win, they would be the first non-British team to have ever won the Challenge Cup. And the Challenge Cup was started in the 1890s. Oh, wow. So Britain have been fairly dominant in Rugby League, let's say, let's say that much. Rugby League in France was almost made to go extinct. It was sort of seen as in under the Nazis in the sort of forties, the early forties. Um the Nazis squashed it basically, or there was Nazi sympathizers in the French government who hated rugby league basically and decided to Why? squash it. Uh rugby league was seen as like it, the the people's game a little bit and uh, okay. they were kind of aristocrats, this is my understanding of it. Um and it was kind of it was linked to the resistance because of this, because it was kind of underground, the French resistance then started using it, using rugby league as like their sport. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like oh, I think what it's like. I don't think it's not like anything. Uh, running at their enemies until <laughs> until they get tapped, and then they have to stop. <laughs> and then to, everyone stop, take five yards, <laughs> and then we start running again. Yeah, I don't like rugby league very much. It's not a very good sport, but. Catalan's Dragons seem like a really interesting team. They almost went out of existence in the early 2000s after sort of rugby league resurged in the 60s in France and then went and away then more again. Nazis. And then more Nazis. <laughs> they couldn't get away. No, it was because of uh, bad leadership in the... <laughs> not Nazis. They weren't Nazis. Or <laughs> they were just, they were... Without pointing fingers. <laughs> It wasn't evil leadership. <laughs> Poor leadership is well. <laughs> better choice of words. Um, so it almost went extinct in France and uh, they, they almost went out of business. They were formed of two teams who were like massive rivals, like City and United. It'd be like City and United coming together with one team. Um, that's the, controversial. Yeah. So in 2000, they were formed of that. They just avoided relegation last year and this year they're in the final. So there's a real turnaround story for them and I wish them well and if they win I don't know go and celebrate <laughs> Team of the week. Uh, fun story to leave you all with this week Sister Mary Jo Sobiek Sobiek that's what we came to the that, conclusion that's what of that's we yeah. decided <laughs> yeah. uh, what she thinks I don't care <laughs> Doesn't matter now. <laughs> it's changed. <laughs> um, a nun from the Marian Catholic High School in Chicago mm-hmm. was chosen to carry out the ceremonial first pitch during the Chicago White Sox game against the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. Strong name. Yeah. This is something we don't really have, isn't it? Throwing the first pitch. We don't have that in English sports, particularly. We don't have anyone go and kick the first ball, no. score the first penalty or anything. And um, we don't have standing up for the national anthem between like club games. No, we don't. That's, that's a very American thing, isn't it? I have seen an ice hockey game in Coventry. Really? Coventry versus Fife. 
and they did the ah, national anthem for the Scottish national anthem as well. Uh, no, the flower of Scotland. No, they just did um, just the Royal Britannia. Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. That'd come about, wouldn't it? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. No, they just did the national anthem. Yeah. Uh. Um, yeah, I we everybody stood and really? it looked and felt very awkward. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. But this nun. Uh, <laughs> back, back, back to the important stuff. Chosen to carry out the very important and highly regarded mm. ceremonial first pitch yes. during the game against the Kansas City Royals. Mm-hmm. And she showed a lot of balls. Yeah. <laughs> Only the one of them was a baseball. <laughs> So yeah, on the uh, pitcher's mound, she did a little uh, homage to Babe Ruth. Yeah, with po- his with the point towards pointing her glove. Yeah, yeah. and then that was good. Uh, pointed to the sky and bounced the ball off of the inside of her elbow. Yeah, did a little trick and then threw the pitch. Yeah, it was real funny. The um the White Sox went on to lose. Three one <laughs> because of her. <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> she was fielding at first base. <laughs> Well, the habit got caught. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many habit puns, <laughs> so little time. <laughs> Don't make a habit of it, boys. <laughs> Have a great week. Loving at your own pun. <laughs> That's what this show's all about. <laughs> The mirror. <laughs> Apparently, they have. Oh, the, the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Right on the mirror. How did the mirror know? <laughs> weird. Oh, right, so the first thing I said is, uh, I, I wish I'd written it down, but I didn't want to take too long. Um, just searching average price of a hit. <laughs> um, it came up with this book. Written by a detective. And he said he'd been um, offered as much as £200,000 and as little as uh, two Atari games, (laughs) $9, and a pack of sweets (laughs) to take out this little boy's girlfriend. (laughs) That's right. You definitely should have kept that. Oh, that's horrible.